and welcome to the Better Together podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Tony. And we're so glad you guys joined us today for uh, our Better Together podcast. Hi, yep. babe. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You're my favorite podcast buddy ever. You know that? No, you're my favorite podcast buddy. <laughs> okay, let's not make them sick. <laughs> right. But um, hey, we wanted to jump on here today and share a little bit of uh, good news. Good news. Good news. We've heard so much bad news lately, haven't we? Yep. And some of the bad news is offsetting, it's depressing, it's oppressing. And if you feed on that long enough, um, it'll take you right down to a really nasty, dark place, won't it? Yep. And in case you're listening to this way down the road, this is during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today is April 8th, 2020. We've been in uh, quarantine for a little over a month. 780 days. <laughs> oh, wait, that's and, just what it feels like. <laughs> we've got another three weeks before the uh, stay-at-home order yeah. uh, that President Trump has uh, has asked us to acknowledge uh, is lifted. It's interesting in this time of isolation that there's a lot of togetherness. There's a lot of together. How's, a lot of togetherness. Yeah, how's your family out there doing with all that togetherness? You know, I, It can I, be a challenge. Yes, it can. I, I, I was talking to somebody. I had to go to the... Um, the drugstore last night, and uh, as I walked in, I saw a friend of ours, and uh, we uh, we acknowledged each other, but maintained a uh, social distance. So, <laughs> but <laughs> she mentioned this to me. She goes, "I think I know how Noah and his family felt," <laughs> and I thought, "Boy, what a great right? analogy! And what a great analogy that is!" You know, Noah, uh, he was pretty much quarantined. You know, oh, they were very quarantined. Couldn't, he couldn't go out. He, he couldn't, couldn't go out. <laughs> they 40, were stuck. 40 days and 40 nights. They were uh, in one tight little place, I'm sure, with a lot Stinky, of... Stinky, tight little yeah. place. Isn't it kind of like your house after you've been in there for a week and it's Not like, when you're Cloroxing everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, we get to practice Colossians 3.13. Make yeah, allowance for, for each, each other's, other's faults and, and forgive forget, one another. Yes, we sure can. But uh, we are, uh, we're in the middle of uh, what, what the world would call a pandemic, and um, that's okay because we know that the blood of Jesus protects us, and we are bought by the blood of Jesus. We've been made family members. Um, for those of you who are looking for a great book to read, um, we, you know, I, I preached a series leading up to this um, quarantine time, and thank God for the Holy Spirit. You oh, know? Yeah. Uh, I had no idea, we had no idea that this was coming, and really just felt led by the Lord to just preach an entire three weeks on the blood of Jesus, and the titles of those messages were, the blood of Jesus will be a sign, the blood of Jesus will be a seal, and the blood of Jesus is so significant, and Brother Andre Vancell uh, actually preached the last one here, and he did a prophetic act of the uh, communion, but uh, we that led up to our time apart. Yeah, and the, you ended that the week before we were separated. And if you want to go back and listen to them, you can find them on the iTunes podcast, Victory Christian Center Warren Campus, or you can just type in um, Michael Nagaris and they'll pull them up for you. You sure can. Um, but I, I just started to say, if you're looking for a great book to read, I just finished um, Benny Johnson's book called The Power of Communion. I believe her husband, Bill Johnson, pastor... Bill and Benny Johnson, they pastored Bethel out in Redding, California. The power of communion, accessing miracles through the body and the blood of Christ. Um, wow. 
unbelievable, just some incredible things um, that we are seeing uh, in this time of uh, isolation. Um, we've had a lot of time on our hands to, to read and to pray and to spend time with our family members being quarantined. Uh, most of you guys know us. Um, we have three uh, young adults, you know, <laughs> Al Alex just turned 21. Mookie is, uh, is he, he's 19. He'll be 20 in January. And then Allie uh, is 17. She turns 18. We're going to have three adults living at the house. How uh, did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Don't blink. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so what we're, what we're seeing is we're seeing on the news and we're watching social media and a lot of bad news and a lot of bad things and a lot of people are dying. Um, but, and a lot of people are recovering. But the, a, lot of, a lot of people are recovering. Um, and so uh, just want to, if you're listening to this, uh, please continue to pray for your medical professionals. Yes. Um, I just want to give a shout out to a few. Can I do that? Can I just give a shout out to uh, my friend Tyler Morrill, my friend Jeremy Marsano, uh, our dear friend, Pastor Linda Bielstein, um, Hannah, uh, Hannah Alugia, uh, and several Roger others. Reynolds, Roger Reynolds, Gary Morrill. Gary Morrill so many people on the front lines in the hospitals and the nursing homes. Uh, if you guys, Amy um, Romine. Yeah. If you guys, Dr. Are, Mike if I, Dr. Mike, we could just go on. If I haven't mentioned your names, know this, that we've got a list of you and we are praying for Kim you. Cooper, Kim Cooper. Oh, we just love you guys. And, uh, we just thank you for putting your, your, uh, lives and other people's lives ahead of yours during this, uh, dark time. But what we're seeing is a lot of bad things happen. I mean, the media makes, uh, makes a, uh, well, that's all they're reporting. That's all they're reporting is the bad things, but there are a lot of good things happening in the midst of this pandemic. And, um, we want to talk a little bit about that today. We want to talk about, uh, a lot of these good things that are happening, but we want to talk about, um, the faith that we're seeing and the faith that is rising. Uh, even in this dark time in the church and in those who know Christ. Um, I, I was just singing to you at the, uh, at the sink today. You remember this song? I, I forget which one it was, but the one that comes to my mind uh, right now is one of those old songs, those old hymns. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Sinking sand. Um, I just, I think that right now is a time where we allow faith to arise. And so as we've been talking, this, um, this pandemic has gotten the attention of, uh, of our, uh, the yeah, media. Yeah, let's talk about some of the good that's come out of but it. We want to talk about some of the good things. Um, one of the things that you and I were talking about recently is, <laughs> you know, this, this has really gotten the attention of a generation that has been locked into their screens. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're... They're missing, literally. They're 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 missing the physical the, the physical contact, contact the connection. I was having a conversation with my daughter. We actually did a podcast for Tea with Tony, which is a blog that I write. And um, she said, "You know, Mom, how you and Dad would look at the camera during church and say, we're so glad you're watching, but come if you can.' Yeah. This was when we could gather, and she said, "You you guys would always say." It's it's good to watch, and we're glad you're watching online. But it's there's just something, something about different being about here. being here and being all together. <laughs> and she said, "I never really understood that until now." She goes, "I miss 
being together. Like she wants to go by her friends' houses and just see them personally. Where before, like you couldn't, they they don't take their noses out of their phones. Like even when they're all together, they would just be sitting there on their phones, but now they're just craving Physical that connection, connection and that yeah. personal connection. And I believe it's going to going to bring them in to connect with the church like never before. Yeah. What we're seeing um, is, is really interesting. Our, our sanctuary seats uh, 300 people. Uh, we're sitting in here right now. Uh, it's just me and my wife. And uh, we're the only ones. We literally <laughs> just, too. we took all of the chairs out of the sanctuary right now because we are getting ready to, to disinfect and to clean the carpets while we're down. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me that this time has you know, where, where normally people would be checking Facebook for, uh, you know, updates on friends and, you know, what's going on in the news. Now we have this incredible medium called uh, technology and Facebook Live and uh, online church that we're able to connect with people. Our church seats 300 in the last two, three services, over 3,000 people have watched, have viewed our oh, services from home. from home, which tells me that, that it tells me a couple things. Number one, exactly what you're saying. They're craving their connection. They're, they're craving connection. And um, in when there's a lack of physical connection, hey, we'll take the next best thing. But I think what we're going to see, and I think what we're even seeing now is such a hunger to be around people. Um, there was a friend of mine who stopped by the church yesterday. I happened to be here. He texted me and said, um, hey, pastor, I'm here. Uh, I'd love to see your face. You know, he saw my truck out there and I just walked out and it, my goodness, it was just so good to see another human face. You yeah. know, it, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, when we can see each other virtually across video, but there's nothing like physical touch. That's why Hebrews tells us, do not forsake yourselves. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because there's something about that that ignites us. Well, I think, you know, the Bible says that we have in us rivers of Of living living water. water. And I think when we're all together worshiping and those rivers flow and converge Converge together, together. there's just nothing like it. And when the presence of God comes down to just inhabit our praises together Can it's I, just yeah. going to be different than anything you experience by yourself i you know what even while although were, i have good times by myself i do too but I do man too, there's, there's something about something being about, together you know you just made something that just stirred in me this word stirred um there was a there's a story in the in the gospels when jesus was at the solomon's portico and he you know hears from this man um, who's been an invalid for all of his life. 30 and, some years. And he says, I can't get down to the pool because um, when somebody get, you know, the story would go that uh, an angel of the Lord would stir the waters and the first one into the pool after the waters were stirred would receive their healing. And what just came to my mind was when all of us who have streams of living water on the inside of us converge, we come together. And when the Holy Spirit comes down and inhabits our praises and begins to stir the waters, 
in those atmospheres, anything is possible. Yeah. You can receive healing. You can receive deliverance. There's something about the corporate anointing that happens. And I believe the writer of Hebrews, we believe Apostle Paul could have been that, that writer of Hebrews. But when, when he says, don't forsake yourselves or the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because in that cor corporate atmosphere, in that togetherness, yeah. Oh my gosh. When our streams of living water converge and the Holy Spirit begins to stir, and even like you and I are just stirring one another and invoking one another, yeah. like, you know, just stirring one another, the good works and the anointing just rests here and unction begins to flow and prophecies begin to flow and healing anointing begins to flow. And that's one of the things that I desperately cannot wait to get I know. Back together. I just heard someone say that they felt, and he was a leader in a, in the church. Like he does leadership stuff in the church, and he said, "I feel like when when this is all lifted, nobody's going to get together anymore. They're not going to want to." And I'm like, "I don't know where bah you're humbug. sitting, but our people are craving that connection." And what I love about one thing that I love about that story you just shared about the man at the pool of Bethesda when yeah, they yeah. stirred the waters was that Jesus asked him something that you ask people all the time. Yeah. And it just reminded me of it because he, he asked him, do you want to be healed? Yeah, and you yeah. ask people all the time, what do you want? And he said, do you want to be healed? And the man didn't answer that. Yeah. He said, I don't have, I any have no one. He didn't ask him, <laughs> why haven't you been healed yeah. yet? He didn't ask him, do you need to be healed? Because a lot of people need it, but are not crying out or wanting. Yeah. And he said, do you want to be healed? And um, it just all speaks back to that faith. What yeah. are we expecting God to do even in this time? Yeah. Are we just looking at the news and listening to the governor's report and listening to the president's report? Come on. And going and agreeing with that? Yeah, yeah. Or are we making our wants known to God in faith through prayer? Yeah, I think that now if there's anything that I've begun to see, it's the remnant the remnant of uh, the church who has been praying is stirring the rest of the body now to pray. Yeah. And that's something that we've been praying for. That's something that we've been praying for about the last year and a half. We've been praying, wake up Warren. And in that prayer, we've been praying, Father, stir your church. Yep. Let everything that can be shaken, sh be shaken. Let everything that can be awakened, be awakened. Yep. And what we're seeing is um, this pandemic has really found the church, not just the remnant of the church, but the church, the bride of Christ, waking up to prayer and yeah. waking up to pray. I, I believe with all of my heart that this pandemic that has happened right now, I don't believe at all scripturally that you can say that this came from God, that God put sickness on people. Um, I don't think that the, uh, the word of God is conflicted in that. If he lifted it, he did it once and for all on well, Jesus' back. But I do believe that through this, he will work to use it to waken uh, and to, to shaken, shaken, uh, to shake and to wake the church. Um, I believe with all my heart, it's a wake up call. Yeah. Well, James one says, yeah, yeah. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Yeah. God doesn't have any sickness to give. This is not a good gift. No, this didn't come <laughs> from God, but you know, your favorite scripture. Yeah. 
he works through it yeah, he, and he's going to work some things in his church and he is waking and there's different ways that you can wake up. You can just wake up. You can have an alarm set, but sometimes did your mom ever come in and you. have to shake you awake? And I feel like that's, that's what father. he's doing. But the danger right now is even once you've awakened to then be distracted yeah. from prayer. And there's so many people whose houses have never been this organized and this clean and the home improvement projects are all getting done, which are not bad. Not bad. As long as you're not using it to distract you from the purposes of God and from what's going on all around us. Yeah. We've been talking about how, um, you know, we're, (laughs) we're seeing, and and we've even gotten into a little bit of the, you know, Hey, we've got, got a little bit of downtime today. I'm going to paint Allie's room. Yeah. And that's not bad. We're going to do some natural things. We're going to, um, we're going to, uh, clean and disinfect everything and we're going to wear masks and we're going to help who we can and da, 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 da. But my question is this, as the body of Christ, what are we doing to stir ourselves in our faith? Because it's not an either or, it's a both and. Yeah. And sure, we do the natural things to isolate ourselves, but what in, in faith, in the spirit, on the spiritual side of thing, are we doing to, to build up our most holy faith, as Jude tells us to do, our praying in the Holy Ghost? What are we doing? Because um, we're, not, we're not discounting the natural side side of things, but we, but we are going to, um, do those things which are more beneficial to our spirit side. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, and and maybe that's what I was talking about when I was talking about the distracted part is I think it's not bad to do home improvement projects, obviously not bad to clean your house, but if you're using that to numb yourself from what's going on around you instead of getting in the word and building your faith and attacking things both naturally and supernaturally that's where it gets to be in a danger yeah and so what do we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by by the word of god and it takes as much time you say this it takes as much time and energy to build your faith as it does to build your fear yeah. So, you know, we've understood that, uh, especially during this time, we're not discounting the natural. We're not, uh, we're not saying, uh, don't do these things. In fact, these are, there's some good, there's some good, um, common sense knowledge Absolutely. and wisdom to cleaning and to organizing and, and to make social distancing right. and all the things. But we want to know, um, what we, what we've been seeing is that this has been, this has been awakening the church to pray. And so what are we to pray? We're to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and um, there are some other promises that we're going to talk about today that um, if we get to them, that we we know that we're to pray according to His Word or His will, and when we pray according to His will, He hears us. Um, But one of the things that we were talking about earlier was um, when we pray according to His will, Mm -hmm. He hears us, and I think that a lot of people have taken that um, that scripture, Lord, if it be that father, if it be thy will, um, and we pray every prayer that way, that's not how Jesus taught us to pray. And I just want to put, um, I want to just put a little uh, comma here and just kind of go off on a slight rabbit trail and say, you know, there's been some teaching in the church over the years that has said God has used sickness to teach us lessons. God has used horrible situations on purpose, like child abuse. Like he gives them? He gives them, and he causes this to happen. I thought to myself, you know, if we... 
If we were accused of half the things that we accused God of doing, we'd go to jail for child abuse. For sure. I mean, there's no way uh, that God uses sickness to teach us a lesson. So people think God gives them sickness to teach them something, but they're praying for healing at the same time? And, and so why, yeah. would they, why would they, if even that's pray? God's will for you, then don't pray and just... Just take it. It just doesn't make any it, sense. It conflicts. There's a flaw in that re, in that logic. And when I hear people say, oh, God's teaching me a lesson through this cancer, or God's teaching me, no, he's not teaching you a lesson. You can learn lessons through it, but God didn't give it to you. God didn't give it to you. He took it off you. And if the word of God is true, and we believe it is, in Isaiah 53, 4, when it said, he bore my sicknesses, and he bore my sorrows, and my sicknesses, and my diseases, and my pains, that Hebrew word for bore is Nassau, means to live where we get our word NASA it lifts off yeah that's what he did he lifted it off he didn't lift it off so he could say okay I'm gonna put it back on you no oh, he did it once and for all and his word the Bible says in Psalm 119 is established forever in heaven and if it's established in heaven then guess what if he said it it's settled it is and it's not gonna change no we talked about this uh, yesterday in the prayer, you know, we're going through a Love the Lost prayer journal, but on day 17, I was just sharing with the people, you know, it, it's settled. It's truth versus facts. Facts are going to change, but the truth, God's word never changes. Yeah. And so I just want to put a little um, end to this question about, you know, God does not use sickness to to teach us lessons. He will he will get your attention. Hopefully your attention uh, gets shifted to him in the midst of that, but we know this that it's not from it's no. not from God. No, and you mentioned that um, you know that people pray if it be thy will. Yeah, and I yeah. just want to mention this real quick is that Jesus did pray that. He did. He prayed it one time. One time. Never in relation to healing people, never in relation to delivering people. He prayed it one time and it was in the prayer of consecration and when submission. he was facing yep. the cross and he said, "Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me, yet yep. not what I will, let your will be done." Yeah. If it be thy will, let this pass. So he was talking about a situation. He was talking about facing uh, the plan of God for his life and bringing himself into submission. It, yeah. It's one thing to consecrate yourselves to submission. Yeah. It's another thing to say it's God's will. Yeah. That's to two totally different prayers. So when you're looking at, is this your will for my life? You're looking at things like, do you want me to pastor a church? Do you want me to be a teacher? Do you want me to do this? What do you yeah. want me to do with my life for you? Um, but his will about these things, yeah. healing, deliverance, um, provision, peace. These are promises. They're promises you can find in his word and they're forever settled in heaven, like you said. And what does the Bible say? Every promise is yes, yes and, and amen. amen. It means we align ourselves that what you said, it shall come to pass. Yep. Amen. Amen. It shall come to pass. Amen. Amen. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. And so um, we just want to talk a little bit about this. Um, we've only got a few more minutes, but we, we want to talk about faith. We want to talk about our focus. And we want to talk about where is our focus in these times. You know, I, I preached last weekend, you know, we can have victory in the valley. 
It was David that wrote in Psalm 23, yea, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. Why? Because you are with me. Me and Zephaniah three seventeen says our God um, wins victory in the contemporary English version. He wins victory after victory, uh, and is always with us. We can have victory in the valley. And we looked up the uh, the, the the word valley. The definition of a valley is a depression. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, and a lot of times we we're depressed when we feed on all of this crazy news, but we know this that when our, when our faith or our our, our uh, the substance of things hoped for, faith is the substance of things eagerly anticipated. Yeah, well fear is just faith in the wrong thing. It's just in the wrong thing. Yeah. But we have faith, we can build our faith because faith comes by hearing, you mentioned it earlier, and hearing comes through the word of God. So when we feed there on the go. word of God, what so we're good. doing is building our faith. And we've often said in conversations, um, I think you said it to me first, but uh, what we feed will thrive and what we starve will die. If we yeah. want our faith to thrive and to grow stronger, then we feed it. If we want our fear to die, then we've got to starve it. Yeah. And physically, we feed ourselves through our mouth. Yeah. And but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, soulishly, you feed yourself by what you're watching watching, through your eyes and what what you're you're hearing through your ears. And so you if you are finding yourself walking in a lot of fear, chances are you're feeding it through what you're listening to. And what you're watching, and it's just an easy fix to change that focus. Not that it's bad to glance at the news and be informed about what's going on. But if you're feeding on it constantly to the point that it changes your uh, perspective and changes your fear level, then that just shows you that there's a problem. Fear is just just a sign that there's a lack of trust somewhere. I heard Billy Brim say one time, she's a, uh, a prayer warrior and a teacher out in Branson, Missouri. She made the comment, it's, it's as a believer in Christ Jesus, as a follower of Christ, it's good to have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Yeah. And so what we do is we feed on the word of God, but we glance, glance. at the newspaper so that we can see that what is happening in the, in the day and age in which we live is being confirmed or vice versa. What is happening in the day and age in which we live is being confirmed when we glance at it. Oh yeah, I saw that in the word. Um, how can I know that? Well, the signs of the times are pointing to what God, what Jesus prophesied in the last days, these things are going to happen. And so we see it, we glance at it, but we don't feed on it. We feed on the word of God to build faith that. So when we get to these storms that we're in now, um, we'll have the faith, the strong faith that even Abraham had. How? We give glory and honor. Honor. Abraham gave honor, gave glory to God. He grew strong in his faith, giving glory or giving honor to God. Yeah. Why? Well, how did that happen? How did he do? How did he give honor? How did he give glory to God? He took what God told him, the word of God, and he put his faith, his total faith in the word of God. It became a substance during during those years that he did not see the word of God come to pass, the promise of uh, the seed of Abraham. You're going to have a child, Abraham. He was an old man. He was. But he had faith. He put his trust. He put his focus. He put what he was feeding 
as a priority over, over what was unseen, the unsurety, the uh, insecurity, the anxiety. Yeah. He exalted his uh, focus on uh, what God had told him. Yeah. And so uh, as we close today, I'd love to just spend a few more moments on uh, a scripture passage that has become near and dear to us in Mark eleven twenty three 23 uh, through 24, uh, and, and even a little bit further. But I just want to take a moment and just read this. Um, but this is so good. In Mark eleven twenty two. actually, let me just back up. Uh, let me back up to uh, this, this passage uh, where in verse 12, the next day, Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark 11, starting in verse 12, 12, 11, verse 12. Now the next day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry, Jesus, and seeing from him a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. I think that that little statement right there is so good because what that tells me is this. Jesus knew it wasn't the season for figs. This is for us. Right. The whole purpose of this story is for you. It's for me. Yeah. This is a model. Watch. He knew it wasn't the season of figs. So Jesus, I can imagine he did this. If, if you've got an imagination, just imagine Jesus glancing over at Peter saying, watch this. Looking at the other disciples and then he's in response, he looks at the fig tree and says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it, it says in verse 14. I love how it says that. I do too. Because Mark was very concise with his words. It's the shortest gospel. Yeah. But he included that on purpose because he wanted us to know they heard what he said too. This, he said it, but they heard they his heard words. They heard him say it. I, that's why I think that he probably, and again, this is just, this is extra biblical, but I think he, <laughs> I think he probably looked at Peter and goes, watch this, and winked at him and goes, let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples heard it, he said. And verse 15 says, so they came to Jerusalem then, and Jesus went to the temple, and you begin to hear all of this. This is where he drove out the, uh, the, the, money, changers. the money changers. But I want to get down to the lesson of the fig tree, verse 20. And this is the next day. This is the very next day. Uh, the Bible says this in verse 20. Now in the morning, the following morning, as they passed by, they saw that same fig tree dried up from the roots. Yep. That's incredible to me. How did they know it dried up from the roots? Why didn't it just die? Why weren't the leaves just brown? I mean, it had to have looked dead, dead, dead. It had to look dead, dead. Very dead. Deady, dead, dead, dead. <laughs> so it was dead, and it, and it was dried up from the roots. And Peter, this is why I said, I think Peter, you know, got the glance from Jesus. Go watch this. Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And I think verse 22, Jesus looks at him and goes, yeah, here we go. Now, let me tell you the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Now, we wouldn't have the Paul Harvey if Peter hadn't I know. said anything. Peter was the one that remembered. Peter, Peter was the one that I, I want to put Peter. a pin in that because I want to mention something when you're yeah. done. And so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. One translation says, Has, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23 is where we're going to get to today. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And verse 24, therefore, I say 
to you. Whatsoever things you desire or ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What are What is the them? Whatsoever things that you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive those things and you will have them. So in regards to all of what we've been talking about in the context of prayer and how the church has been wakened and shaken to pray, it's not a... Lord, if it be thy will. In fact, this scripture passage shows us a completely opposite model. Jesus saying, look, it's time for you to begin to use your mouth. Life and death, they would have known this scripture in Proverbs. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who are wise will eat of it its fruit. Yeah. And I think that Jesus was just showing them that there's power in the word of God. There's power in our words. But you wanted to say something about what Peter uh, acknowledged here. Yeah. And I think we should, we should touch on this. And I love how it's Jesus cursed it out loud. Out loud. He used his voice. He used his words. He cursed it out loud. And the disciples heard him. And then the next day they were walking back in and they were just going to walk on by it until Peter looked at it surprised and said, uh, the fig tree you cursed is dried up from the root. Peter was surprised. Jesus was just going to keep going by. Not that I don't think Jesus noticed it. I just don't think Jesus was surprised nope. because he believed that the words that he spoke out of his mouth were going to come to pass when he spoke them. <laughs> Peter didn't believe the words that Jesus spoke until it came to pass. Yeah. And then when he goes into that teaching, it's so important. He's like, no, you need to believe what you say when you when say, you say it, it, then it's going to come to pass to the point where it's not going to surprise you when it comes to pass because you see it in your heart. And what do you say all the time? If you don't see it, if, if you don't say it before you see it, you'll, you'll never, never see, see it. it. Yeah. Um, I think that's an incredible insight, babe. I think it's uh, beautiful and we're just a little bit over, oh. but I, I do want to say this. Jesus gave us power. He gave us authority. And he said in Matthew 18, verse 18, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I would just say this, that the, the way we bind things and the way we loose things is with our mouth. We either speak life or we speak death. And I want to encourage everyone who is listening, there may be a part two to this, but uh, I would love to encourage everyone who is listening to this today. Perhaps you've been in a situation, you find yourself in a situation where your, your, you know, your life has been affected. Well, all of our lives have been affected by this COVID-19. And um, now's not the time to align our mouths or our words with death or to speak death. Our, our mouths are to be aligned and to speak life. Yeah. Because Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, have faith in God. Put your focus on God, who is, who is a, look, God is bigger than all of this. Yeah. So number one, put your faith in God. But number two, if you'll believe those things that you say shall come to pass, you will have those things that you say. How about instead of saying, well, my, maybe today's the day that I'm going to get sick. How about this? Maybe today is the day that we see COVID-19 lifted. Yeah. What are you saying? Yeah. What are you releasing from your mouth? Today is a day to release faith. Yeah. Yeah, do the natural things for sure, 
But don't forget to plead the blood over yourself. Don't forget to release that faith over yourself. We see so many people posting about the natural things that they're doing. And we want to challenge you. Begin to post about what you're doing in the spirit. Begin to post about applying the blood of Jesus to your family. Begin to post about what the word of God has to say about it. So that everybody can come along with you. You're going to bring other people along with you on this faith journey if you begin to declare it out loud. Here's a challenge for you. I just see all my friends that are posting these challenges. Here's a challenge for you. Let's post about the faith challenge. What are you doing to stand in faith even in the midst of of this COVID-19. We, yes. we just we just can't wait to see what people are going to do because of this. Hey, listen, we're out of time, but we love you. And we're so thankful for you taking the time to be with us. If you are in, uh, in, in any one of our areas uh, around one of our Victory Christian Center campuses, we'd love for you to join us online, especially during this uh, non-gathering season. Um, but we want to encourage you, connect with someone, connect brothers, connect with a guy, give them a call, give them a text. Do a just, FaceTime. Do a FaceTime coffee. Let them know that you love them, that you're praying for them, that we're in this together. Sisters, if you're out there, do the same thing. Connect because we know this. Everyone needs encouragement, especially during this time. And how do you know you need encouragement if you're breathing? breathing. So everybody (laughs) needs encouragement. Listen, we love you and we just miss being together with you. But we know this, that someday, soon and very soon, we'll be together again, gathering as the body of Christ. But until then, know this, that we We are are better better together. together.